Do you hear that creepy voice? Recording in progress. <laughs> it's creepy. And uh, it, it is literally like giving a tiny Velociraptor five-hour energies in bags. Like, these guys are coconuts. Hey, if you don't know by now, I'm Jeanette. I'm your host. Welcome to 2022. New intro, same great podcast. Hold on, we're coming at you. This episode we're calling Unleashed with Robin Jocko. Uh, thanks to our good friend Whitney um, from a couple episodes back. She has connected me with my new friend Rob. So so we are going to be talking a little bit about Belgian Malinois and all things dogs. So Rob, before we get too far into this, why don't you introduce who you are and how you know about Belgian Mal's? <laughs> okay. Uh, my name is Rob Pritchard. I am a uh, police officer in uh, suburban Indianapolis. I've been a uh, cop for about nine years, and I've been a police canine handler for uh, for five of those. Um, and my whole time has been spent with my canine partner, Jocko, who is a Belgian Malinois. Um, and I've, I've worked pretty extensively in the canine world for the last five years, both in the uh, drug detection side of things, as well as the tracking and uh, criminal apprehension side of things, which is just a fancy way of saying they bite the bad guys. Um, so, uh, yeah, and that's that's what uh, that's what Jocko is. He's a six year old Malinois. He's actually from the Netherlands, uh, lived there for about the first year of his life. He actually has a passport, which is like the coolest thing ever. If you've ever seen a doggy passport from the Netherlands, uh, I have it. It's, uh, it's awesome. And uh, he also has the distinction of being the goodest boy that ever good it. So he's he's my best friend. He's my bubba. He's he's a great dog. He's I, I couldn't even imagine life without him. That's awesome. Uh, so I'm also a, a dog lover, but my dog is a, a rescue. He's a hyper super mutt that they call okay. him. I had him tested, so. Um, you and I speak speak uh, the same language as far as the goodest boys that ever have gooded. So yeah, yeah, and and I'm I'm so glad he's a rescue, and and we'll come back to that at some point. But I actually have pretty big plans uh, in place for the police canine world and the police canine future, at least at least starting small and going local. But I, I think I'm really excited to talk about that if we get a chance. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so what prompted my conversation and and seeking somebody out was there's this new movie coming out called dog. It's a Channing Tatum movie. And long story short, he's, he's taken his own personal story and turned it into this romanticized movie of him taking his ex partner's dog. Um, I believe he was in the, the military of some sort. I don't know the whole history of it, but he's taking this dog down the coast to his buddy's funeral. And it's a Belgian male. And I've they've heard the name Maligator um, and just talking about how, you know, they've had to overcome and get to know these dogs. And um, the concern is out in the world right now is that everybody's going to go out and buy these gorgeous dogs, not realizing what they're getting into. Um, So that's kind of what brought my my mind to the conversation that, you know, what what sort of dogs are we looking at with a Belgian Mal? Sure. Um and and you know feel free to to interrupt me here because this is something I've, I've kind of really dedicated you know like I said the last five coming up on almost six years of my life to um, so the Belgian Malinois are sort of a newer breed of working dog so everybody's seen the classic German Shepherd and they're they're great dogs they're super intelligent and 
and, you know, loyal and trainable and, and all the things you would want in a working. Uh, the thing with Malinois, since they're a newer breed that kind of give them advantage over the German Shepherd is they don't have the health issues that German Shepherds have, especially as they get older, right? Um, the average lifespan for a Shepherd now is anywhere from like seven to eight years, uh, which, is, which is much shorter than it was even 10, 15, 20 years ago because they've just been so super bred. So you see it with uh, Shepherds a lot. You'll see hip dysplasia because their spines slant. And, and so they have very bad hip dysplasia. They get very bad eye cataracts. They're very prone to cancer. Um, and, and so the Malinois was sort of born out of like this necessity uh, for like, I guess, like a healthier or longer lasting work dog. Because if you're, say, a police department or a military and you're going to spend and, and this really shocks people when they hear this number, but you're going to spend ten to fifteen thousand dollars on one of these dogs. And uh, do you want to get three or four years use out of it or 10 to 12? Now, the, the breed's been around for a while, but in terms of using it as a working dog, that's why they, they started to drip to them. So if you ever see them, they, they look like skinny German shepherds, right? And, and they're, they're gorgeous dogs, right? And they're so intelligent and they're always paying attention and they're, they're super loving and they're super loyal. But one of the other big pluses and why they wouldn't be good pets, unless you have a lot of time, um, the other huge reason for them is they're very, very high drive, very work, excuse me, very work driven dogs. Um, and if you don't have literally hours a day to dedicate to exercising them, training them, being with them, keeping them, you know, both physically engaged, but mentally engaged too. Um, I, I could tell you some real horror stories about uh, just having mine, you know, uh, who's a, a professionally trained, uh, professional, hardworking dog. Um, and, and even with this dog coming to work with me every day and giving him hours and hours and hours of time, I, I could tell you all kinds of stories about these guys. Um, and they can work. I mean, and I, it sounds tragic to say, I've, I've seen one literally work themselves almost to death. Um, they, they just have no quit. They are loyal to the end, but they just, they will go until their heart explodes. They, especially cause I got Jocko when he was about a year and a couple months and uh, it, it is literally like giving a tiny Velociraptor five-hour energies in bags. Like, these guys are coconuts. Um, they, they just, they, they wouldn't be good pets. And because, like, if you have a job and you have to go away for hours, like, and that dog's in a crate or in the house, like, all that energy, like, they, they have 100 Malinois points a day that they need to spend, right? And so if they, if they only spend you know, 10 Malinois points in the morning, they don't care that you've had a rough day at work. They don't care that, uh, you know, you, you're just tired or not feeling it. They don't care. They still need to spend those extra Malinois. Um, and if they don't, uh, they're going to self-satisfy and that can manifest itself in a couple of different ways. Um, you know, you can have, you can have dogs that get like, say, hyper-destructive because, they're not being stimulated, so they have to create their own stim. So they can, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting in my office now between two highly modified dog beds, um, of, you know, and that's, that's even with me home. I mean, this dog comes with me to work. He's home when I'm home. Like, I, I see more of him than I would, you know, my family. Uh, uh, so, yeah, I, I just, with, with them as pets, uh, it, it just, it would be, there's so many things I, I could say. And if I'm, if I'm good enough to move back here, uh, to earth, but, uh, no, you're good. You know, with, with them as pets and them not getting like the stimulation mentally and physically that they need, like I said, those manifest itself and say, it could be destroying furniture. It could be chewing shoes. Um, and, and I mean, like, uh, you know, even hyper aggression over time, because 
Uh, and, and you do see this like with police dogs, uh, especially as they get older, but like dogs that have spent like a lot of time alone or in isolation or, or whatever they take to, to kind of create their own mental stimulus to create their own sort of thing to do during the day. What they say is like, okay, this square that I'm in, this is my square and nobody can come near it. And like a leaf, I'm going to bark at that leaf. Uh, the mailman, I'm going to lose my mind when the mailman comes like, cause that's it's stimulating for them, right? Like I'm protecting my house. I'm protecting this square. And, and getting them as pets, a lot of times with that I'm protecting becomes one person, right? So it could be like, I'm protecting this person. Like, so it could be mom, it could be dad, it could be one of the kids, um, but they're protecting them maybe potentially from other people in the house. Um, and again, Jocko is a super sweet boy. He, we've done hundreds, if not maybe even close to a thousand demos at this point with daycares and day camps and schools and, and make-a-wish and hospitals and like he he loves it he loves it but he's he's the anomaly um they're great dogs they're super smart but but if you're you know just a citizen john q public that gets one of these guys and you're like why why does it have so much energy why is it destroying my house why do you destroy all the things that i love uh which was a brief phase we went through what uh what i brought jocko hope um but yeah i could just see it being really frustrating and, and as a result you see this surge in them needing to be rehomed or being homeless or being given up for adoption. There was a movie. Um, oh, I, there's actually a couple of sequels now too. Do you remember a movie called Max? Yeah. Vaguely. Yeah. So he's like, uh, it's like, uh, it, it's a good movie. Uh, if your listeners listen to it, they, they've heard it. Uh, it's a great movie. It, it's kind of a kid's movie, but um, doesn't make it any less good, but a, a, a military dog is his dad's killed in either Afghanistan or Iraq. I, and by the way, when I say dad, I use I use the term interchangeably for handler, a partner, whatever. But I mean, that's really what it feels like, at least to me. But anyway, his his dad's killed and they bring the dog home and the family goes through like misadventures and wind up loving the dog and all this. But when that movie came out, Max is a mountain and I already had Jocko and uh, I, I would at least for a couple of months, one, if not two messages a month, like, Hey, do you know anybody that might be looking for a Malinois? This one needs to be rehomed or these people got this. And, and you did see that surge of these dogs. And it's like, guys, like, I love them. I, I mean, me and him have risked our lives together for each other. I couldn't even tell you how many times I do anything for him, but like these, these guys are not pets, man. They really aren't pets. That's, you know, they, people want them because they look cool. You know, they're not furniture. They're not, they're not an accessory or something like that. Like, when I say exercise, like here's here's Jocko's daily routine, right? He starts dive bombing my bed with his face, uh, <laughs> smacking me around, uh, wanting to go on his morning walk. So so we go for our morning walk, which is about three miles. And most of it is uh, back in the woods uh, on a trail behind my house. And most of it's off lead. So I let him chase squirrels and rabbits and, you know, just be a dog. But it's probably about a, about a three and a half mile walk round trip. And then uh, if we are going to work, we'll have a pre-chuck-it session, which is like the greatest device ever invented because I can't throw, uh, but it launches this tennis ball. But I'll give him a chuck-it session for 30 or 40 minutes. Then we go to work. Like that's that's him like, I need to burn off this to go to work so that when we're at work, he's got some like mental clarity because he's like the, the, the maligator craziness has worn off a little bit. The five hour energies are dissipating and it's like, okay, now we can work. Now we can work. And then at work, you know, we, uh, we might make a trip to the dog park or we might do another chuck it session, but, um, yeah. And, and on top of that, we train every day too, right? We, every day we practice obedience every day we practice tracking, uh, both hard and soft tracks. 
Uh, we practice biting as often as we can. We practice drug detection as often as we can. And then we have, you know, our real life deployments too. We, uh, we've been pretty successful there. It's uh, it's a lot. It's a lot. Like they aren't these little squishy face labs that are just going to be on your lab. Like they, they were born, bred and raised to work. And that's, that's what they need to do. Hey guys, I just wanted to take a quick second and tell you about the Central Indiana Canine Association. They've established a fund called the Shadow Fund to assist with the high cost of medical care that typically occurs with retired canines. The Shadow Fund will help cover some of the cost of medical bills for these dogs so they can live out the remainder of their lives in relative comfort without creating a financial burden for their handlers. Check them out. I'll have a link to their page in the description of the podcast. Now, let's get back at it. And that that brings up a really good point, too, because they are a gorgeous dog. My dog is he is a very handsome guy, um, but definitely there's there's this regal look of the Malinois and you you bring them home as a pet. And like you had said, they don't do they don't do well in isolation. Um, And and that's the big concern when they end up in shelters or or the such that it's not a a great end for them and probably don't have great luck getting out of there. So you spend hours and hours a day. So at the end of the day, is, is Jocko still ready to bounce off the walls or is he? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, he, so, you know, just like his dad, he's getting older and he's got a little, he's got some gray on him, just, just like his papa. Um, but uh, I mean, we spoon at night. Like he, 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 we have, he has his moments. Like, I mean, they're, they're super loving and super affectionate dogs and they're, they're very, very loyal and uh, yeah, he's happy to like, especially if we're off, like just kick it on the couch with me watching some trashy horror movie. And, uh, uh, you know, he's, he, we hold hands. <laughs> like he, he doesn't like not holding hands. So, yeah, I mean, they, they definitely have their, their times where they like just being a couch dog or just being with you. I mean, they, they just like any other dog sleep upwards of 12 hours. A day. Um, but like when it is, when it is go time, like it is go time. <laughs> like, yeah. like he's, he starts losing his mind when he sees me put on my work pants. Then he really starts losing his mind when he sees me put on. <laughs> my vest and my shirt and then like all bets are off when i pick up my keys like we're going to work we're going to work like, <laughs> he loves it so yeah yeah dogs are always down at party right like if you look at yeah. your guy and you're like oh what are we doing buddy what are we doing i bet he just like he's super happy oh yeah as soon as i put on my shoes he's convinced we're going somewhere and he's going with me typically well, he he? to his grandma's house but yeah <laughs> yeah so you had said that you had gotten Jocko when he was about a year and a half ish. Uh, just a shade under, yeah. Just a shade under, and he came from the Netherlands. Yep. So tell me that story. How did he come from the Netherlands to to Indiana? Eric? Sure, sure. Um, so in uh, in the Netherlands, their their police force is nationalized. So like here in the United States, you have like where I'm at, you have Indianapolis Police and Avon Police and Carmel Police. Um, like over there, they just have the police, if, if that makes sense. Um, it's just nationwide. Um, and these dogs are bred over there. They're born, raised, trained for there by a bunch of like breeders that, that breed them and train them, uh, you know, for use by the Dutch military, the Dutch, um, police force. It's, it's a very serious business because these people also provide dogs to the U S department of defense, um, and all the federal law enforcement agencies over here, they do it for monetary value. Um, but any federal law enforcement agency, you know, all the, all the alphabet soups one, right. The FBI, DOD, um, uh, you know, all those FBI, uh, provide them there as well as like, a, a native American tribal police. Cause they're federal, they're federal officers. Cause the, the, 
reservations are federal. And that, in fact, half of my handler class were a tribal police, which was really cool. I learned a lot from those guys. Um, but yeah, they, I mean, these dogs, the day they open their eyes as puppies, like the day is when they start their training. So like when they open their eyes, they, I, I'm not advocating this. I'm not, I'm not saying this is great. They do produce good work dogs, but it's, it's going to sound a little maybe cruel to, to your audience here. And, and again, I'm not advocating this. I'm just explaining what they do. Um, but those puppies only come out of the cage to work. So they'll bring them out of the cage. They'll practice obedience right back in the cage. They'll bring them out of the cage or pen or whatever they're in. Uh, practice a track right back in the cage. Um, and so, you know, what that produces in these puppies is this drive, like, cause if the only time they're getting excitement or, or exercise or affection is when they're working, like, well, what does that produce, you know, at a really young age, like, Oh boy, I'm coming out of the cage. What are we going to do? We're going to track, we're going to bite, we're going to find drugs. Oh my God. I'm so excited. Um, so, so they, they do that, but you also, by, by starting them young, you know, you, you really build it really can really, I mean, these guys, they do know what they're doing. Um, in terms of what you get as an end game, but I, you know, for, for example, like with the bite training, um, initially with puppies, they give them like a little chew tug toy thing. And when the puppies let go of the tug toy, well, they're right back in the cage. Puppy's like, well, but I really like the tug of war. Right. So they bring them out, let them tug again. As soon as they let go of the thing, even to regrip right back in the cage, because in police work what the, uh, the dogs do, like if you send them on a suspect and, uh, they make apprehension or bite, uh, it's, it's one bite, it's bite and hold is what they call it. So they bite, you know, whatever they can get. Usually it's an arm or a leg and their goal for the dogs is to stop the suspect from fleeing and pin them to the ground until an officer can get there. It's not to just maul them. Right. So these dogs are trained very early. You get one bite puppy, just one. And so the puppy's like, oh yeah, yeah, I want to get my bite. And the second they let go of that bite right back in the kennel. And then the puppy's like, well, heck, you know, like, all right, well, I'm going to make this count. Then. So then what they do is they, they get like a really good bite and they don't come off. Like I'm sure you can, your audience can see videos or you've seen videos like where they're getting spun around or loud noises or whatever. Like they don't care. They've got their bite. Like they, and they love it, you know? And, and again, too, you know, just like any dog, this is a behavior that's rewarded and encouraged. So they don't, they don't see biting as bad. Like your dog at home or, or your audience or whoever, like if your dog snaps at you or growls or whatever, you might like give a no or, a, you know, all Jocko's words are in Dutch. So if I say like Dutch words, just talk over me, but, uh, you know, like fooey it or leave it or whatever, uh, you know, but for them, like if they bite somebody, it's like, yeah, good boy, good boy. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of how they, they train them. So anyway, after about a, a year solid of that, um, he got imported over here to the United States. Um, for uh essentially for sale um to uh law enforcement and uh uh military agencies only uh from a place at a, an air force base that's uh where, where are you guys based out of i'm out of northwest ohio oh okay uh so this is actually in, like in the northern part of indiana is where it's at it's called grissom air force base mm-hmm. and uh, that's where they they import the dogs to and uh yeah yeah that's uh that's where we went up and had a bunch of dogs we looked at and i picked uh I picked the goodest boy that would become my forever Bubba. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> and you, you had made mention at the beginning of the podcast about um, rescues and we were talking yeah. about rescue. So obviously where, where Jacko came from rescue, I'm assuming is not an option and they're bred specifically for, for just that. 
what what are your thoughts about rescue and and what that looks like? So I I say this with like love and affection for all my fellow canine handlers, and I you know I I don't know how this idea is going to be um, sort of accepted widespread in the community because I can tell you there is a lot of money involved in these dogs. Like I said, these these one year plus trained working dogs can sell for up to fifteen seventeen thousand dollars per dog, right? That is a lot of money. So if you're one of these people that say imports 50, 75 of these dogs at a time, that is a substantial dollar value, right? Whereas, you know, a rescue isn't. So um I've been, like I said, I've been a canine handler a little over five years. And, uh, you know, after, after so long, it's like, okay, I think I've got this handling part down. Like I know how to use him and we've had enough real world deployments and, and things where it's like, okay, I think I got a pretty good grip on this. Let's look at maybe training. Uh, and I have a great, uh, training group that I work in all the, uh, in my County, we have about 30 of us that all train together. We've got some certified trainers, uh, which you need, <laughs> you know, to, to certify you. Uh, these working dogs by the federal court system have to have uh, 16 hours a month of documented training um, and, you know, across all their disciplines. And that's, you know, the detection work, the tracking, the biting, the obedience. Um, so, so it is a lot. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a heck of a commitment on top of your regular job. Right. Yes. So uh, <laughs> so it's a lot. But uh so I met with my chiefs. They, they love the idea. I met with the other trainers. They love the idea. And I, I, you know, I, I got into canine because I just, I love dogs. Like I didn't get into it because I thought I'd like, yeah, let's go bite some bad guys. Or like, yeah, let's go do the, I didn't get into it for any of that tough guy stuff. I got into it. Cause I just, I love dogs. I always have. So I met with the training staff. I pitched to them this idea. And then I met with my chiefs and pitched them the idea. I said, listen, we've got hundreds of dogs, right? And they're free. So we, why are like, you know, like every public agency post COVID we're strapped for cash, but it's like, Hey, wait a minute. We've got like a really good opportunity here. Let's look at it first from like the department side, utilitarian side. We're going to, we as an agency are going to need to add three dogs in the next year. And maybe, maybe a fourth, like that is a lot of money, you know? And then that, then, then you're giving up four guys that have to go to training for that for almost two months. So, So that's a lot. And it's like, well, why are we doing that? So if, if we could get these dogs for free, right, send me to a course where I get to go be, uh, I go to the trainer's course and, and that's where I'm headed to go uh, second week of April. Um, it's almost 10 weeks long uh, course, but at the end you can, I'll be able to certify, you know, working dogs and, and police dogs. And I tried to go to the January course because it's actually in Daytona, Florida is, <laughs> is where the, is where the school happens to be. Uh, I got pushed back. So I, I wasn't going to suffer like, Oh, 10 weeks. Yeah. 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 I'll get through it. I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, Daytona in January. Oh, geez. You know, uh, going to be rough, but, um, it's like, send, send me here for a fraction of the cost of what it would be to buy one dog. We'll be able to train and certify our dogs and we could go to rescues. We can pull these dogs out that, you know, that are like, say, say, what's your guy's name? Simon. Simon. Okay. So say we got a Simon here. You said he's super crazy, super energetic, super focused. Let's take that, right? Let's take that. Like these dogs work all the training we do. 
and all the and almost all police and military working dog training is positive based. It's reward based. Find the drugs, get your tennis ball, get your favorite toy. Like they love it. It's a game. They don't know that drugs are bad. They don't know that bombs are bad. They don't know that guns are bad or whatever it is they're detecting. They just know I found my smell. I get my fun toy and, and everybody's super happy with me. They love it. Like if you ever get a chance or get on YouTube and watch videos of like dogs practicing the detection, they go nuts. They absolutely love it. So, so you've got these dogs that are homeless and, and don't have a, a future or a family or whatever. You're pulling them out of kennels. You're giving them a purpose. You're giving them a job. You're giving them a family. And like, what possible downside to this could there be, you know? So yeah, um, that's, that's why I'm super excited because I feel like in the next year, our agency, we're going to save four dogs from a shelter. And then I've, I've already talked to my, my chiefs about this and they're incredibly supportive. Um, it's like, okay, well, I have this certification. So why don't we extend that to other people? Right. Like, so here's what I'll say is if you guys like, say, if you're a smaller agency, if you go get a rescue dog and I'll even help you pick it out. Like I'm, I'm, I stay up late. I get up early. I don't sleep. Uh, like I, I dogs are my thing. You know, <laughs> I will go help you pick one out. If you get one from the shelter, it's free. So you guys don't have to budget for it. I will provide your training. I will provide your certification. And, and maybe we can make this grow from just being in, in the West side of uh, Indianapolis and we can we can maybe make this start being like a bigger and bigger trend. Like start here, add a couple of dogs, show that it can be done, add more dogs, show that it can be done. Not necessarily apprehension dogs, because frankly, the, the bite training does need to be taught very early, but detection only dogs, right? Like dogs that just smell, they don't bite. Maybe we can do tracking for soft tracks only. Uh, and a, a soft track is where it's a person that you're tracking that you're you're not going to like apprehend right so like uh missing children elderly okay. demanding a hard track would be like bank robbers bad guys <laughs> that, um so uh yeah like and, and and that's the goal and then you know if you're from a diff- another standpoint if you're the department like you have to work hand in hand with the community like community relations are a big deal in a uh you know the world we live in you guys get to be like hey look at us we're saving dogs we're saving dogs from the shelters we're putting them where uh the first dog i'm going to train is going to be a gun detection dog for our school system like hey parents look at us we're we're sweeping the parking lot and the lockers looking for guns no guns look how safe your kids are and since these dogs don't bite you can pet them like, come on up, give them some lovings. Maybe talk to the officer that's holding the other end of the leash. Maybe, maybe have dialogue, you know? There, so, there is so much good stuff and just everything that you said that could go into a million different conversations. Wow. That's, that's the goal. That's the goal. And again, love Malamals, love shepherds, love all my working dog bubbas. But man, think, I mean, you, <laughs> it's like anything else, right? You want to change the world? Start off by making your bed, right? Start off by keeping your house clean. Like, okay, maybe we can make this become a thing, but we're like, we got to start here. Like, let's get a couple dogs. Show like, hey, look, canine squishy face is doing so great because she has a squishy face and everyone loves her and she's finding all kinds of drugs or, you know, canine uh, uh, lovies is is finding like, you know, pulling guns and, and okay, great. Now other agencies are like, well, we want a part of that. And then other agencies, well, we want a part of that. And, and maybe we can make a difference. Yeah. And just the, the ability to provide an opportunity for a dog that maybe otherwise wouldn't just because it, it wasn't the right fit for whatever family it was because they were high energy or they did have a drive that they weren't exploring. So no, I yeah, think it's awesome. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And honestly, that's the part that like, you know, gets me is yeah. You take a dog that somebody just abandoned and like, Hey, guess what? Here's a purpose. Here's a, here's a family. Like it's perfect. 
Yeah, that's amazing. I'm excited to to follow along to see what this this looks like. I I don't know where it'll go, but I, I definitely feel like uh, you've got some passion and some drive that can really make some big change if uh, if you keep trucking along. I hope so. I hope so. So what's what's next for you and Jacko? What what's the next year look like for you? Well, uh, we work tonight. Um, I can tell you that. Uh, this is actually this will actually be day uh, seven or eight in a row we've worked. Uh, we've been short staffed at work, some injuries, some people had babies that were born, so they're on FMLA. So uh, I, I can tell you, so we just came from a, a, a bite training seminar uh, that was four days long, a lot of bites, a lot of work. So by Friday, even as much as this guy loved going to work, like I'm kind of pulling him off the couch, like, dude, come on, we got to go to shift. Like he's like, I am wrecked. Give me a day. Uh, fortunately, it was it was a pretty quiet night, so he's he's all back. But uh, yeah, so second week of April, we're headed down to. Um, it's actually the town is called Smyrna or Smyrna in Florida. I I don't know, I've never been, but that's where the uh, police school is. He's coming with me. Um, got a, a sweet little Airbnb, um, and wouldn't you know it, it just happens to back right up to a dog park. Ah, shucks. Well, I guess we'll have to go there a lot. I mean, yeah. I take no joy in this. I just, it's right here. It just makes sense. You know, this is just purely utilitarian. So uh, yeah, we're, uh, we've got that going on. And then when we come back, we'll be ready to rock and roll. And uh, second week of July is where we, when I'll start uh, with, with a bunch of my coworkers who, and again, I can't say enough nice things about all the people that I've worked with in the canine world that brought me in and, and as great trainers and have been so supportive of all this, but then they with me will help start our first dog, uh, for, uh, you know, this, this rescue program, um, the gun detection dog for our school system. And, and the great thing is too, because, uh, you know, it's, it's such a, I think it's such a great idea that everybody can just get behind. I've got so many people that are like wanting to even go be school cops so that they can get one. Like, so it's, it's cool. And, uh, yeah. And then after that, you know, we'll probably kind of transition, uh, to more of a, a trainer position than a, uh, you know, trainee position. Try and help people the way I was helped. That's what's next. That's exciting. That's exciting. I appreciate you coming on, Rob. Obviously, there's a million other things that we could talk about. So hopefully, we, we can have another conversation. But that that's all we have for this episode of To an Extent. You'll have to uh, tune in next week to hear, uh, hear a little bit more. So we'll do this. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me.